0: This morning's scripture reading comes from uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 5. We'll be reading through verses 1 through 12. You can follow along on the screen behind me or in your Bibles. This is Revelation, chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll. But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb. "'looking as if it had been slain, "'standing at the center of the throne "'encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. "'The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, "'which are the seven spirits of God "'sent out into all the earth. "'He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him "'who sat on the throne. "'And when he had taken it, "'the four living creatures and the 24 elders "'fell down before the lamb. "'Each one had a harp, "'and they were holding golden bowls full of incense.' which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And a loud voice they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word.
1: We've been talking about spiritual beings in the Bible, and we've looked at how God is in the heavenly realms, but not by himself. There's a whole staff team that the Bible calls the Divine Council.
2: But in the Bible, there are still more beings in the spiritual realm, like the cherubim and also the angels. So let's talk about them.
1: Okay, first, the cherubim. These are chubby little babies with wings, right?
2: No, you got to get that image out of your head. Cherubim, or in Hebrew, cherubim, they're way more fascinating. They're described as hybrid creatures, a collage of different animals. And every time they do appear, they look a little bit different. That's intense. Yeah, they're supposed to be intimidating. They stand guard at the boundary between heaven and earth. If you see them, you know you're entering the presence of the one who is above all
1: and truly other. The first time cherubim show up in the story of the Bible, they're standing outside of the Garden of Eden. Right, the garden is God's temple residence. And so he
2: places these spiritual bodyguards at the entrance so that the rebel humans can't get back in and ruin everything.
1: But the biblical story is about how God wants us back in his presence.
2: Yes, exactly. So this is why he chose the people of Israel and gave them the gift of a symbolic miniature Eden called the tabernacle and then later the Jerusalem temple. In both of these spaces, cherubim were painted and engraved all over, reminding the priests that they are working in God's presence.
1: Now, if a priest went into the Holy of Holies, he would see there a golden box called the Ark of the Covenant, and on it were two cherubim. What's going on here? Well, the biblical authors describe the Ark as the footstool
2: of God's throne, which the cherubim are carrying. Like we read in Psalm 99, God sits enthroned above the cherubim. But there was no actual throne above the box. Right, the Israelites weren't supposed to represent God with any physical image. But when the
1: prophets had visions about this space, they saw Yahweh sitting on his throne. Okay, so cherubim guard the sacred space, carry God's throne, but why do they look like animal mashups? Well, they're symbolic Um, representations of all the creatures of the earth, because
2: they all belong to God. This is why in Isaiah's vision, all of the creatures are singing, everything that fills the earth is God's glory. Like a choir. Yeah, through
1: the cherubim, all creation offers praise to its maker. Great, that's the cherubim. Now let's talk about angels. I'm way more familiar with them, human-like figures with feathery wings. No, wait, stop. Angels in the Bible don't have wings. What? No wings? No angel wings.
2: In fact, angels are often mistaken for people because they look like us. Just a bit more impressive.
1: But the cherubim have wings.
2: Yeah, and the angels are different because they have a different purpose. Okay, which is? Well, humans can't just march into God's realm, so God will reach out to us, and he often does so
1: through these spiritual ambassadors. So angels are like spiritual messengers.
2: Yeah, in fact, that's what the word angel means,
1: a messenger. Right, this happens a lot in the Bible, like the angel who tells Mary she's pregnant with Jesus. Yeah, and then the other main role of angels is to perform missions on God's behalf. Sometimes they rescue people from danger, like when Peter is released from prison. And there's some really cool angels, like Michael and Gabriel.
2: Yeah, the name Gabriel means God is my power. And Michael means who is like God. But also notice, these names point to God, not to the angels. Like humans, the angels are images of God's presence and power. But still, how cool would it be to meet an angel? Yeah, and maybe you will, and maybe you already have. But no one in the Bible is ever encouraged to go looking for angels.
1: And when angels do show up, people are usually puzzled or freaked out. So angels are really awesome, but they play a supporting role in the Bible. Yes, because God's ultimate purpose
2: is to bring humans back into his presence in a reunited heaven and earth. And in the meantime, he uses angels to guide and to serve his people.
3: Well, good morning. Welcome to worship, whether you're here in person or whether you're at home online, we're glad you're with us today. Um, Today we're continuing the sermon series we kicked off a a few weeks ago, entitled The Unseen World. And if you aren't with us, just a real quick overview and recap. We're calling it The Unseen World because there is a spiritual world, a spiritual realm the Bible describes very clearly, that exists beyond our physical material world, a world that we can't always see, but it has profound and and powerful impacts upon us in the world in which we live. Uh, We were told that this battle is constantly going on, that there are forces of evil and there's forces of good, the forces of evil uh, lined up with with Satan, his demons, his his powers and principalities, and the forces of good lined up with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and his angels, the forces of of light. Uh, We do not fight, Paul tells us, against flesh and blood. Our primary enemies in this world are not other human beings, but, but the, spirit, the spiritual beings uh, that are opposed to God and his kingdom and his purposes. And we looked at uh, Satan and, and a little bit about what the Bible tells talks about him and, and also some of his strategies that he uses to try to tempt us and to cause doubt. Uh, and then we also have then looked at kind of the spiritual armor that we all have made available to us. The the most important part of that is the word of God by which we can repel Satan just as Jesus did when he was tempted in the desert. Well, today, as you probably guessed from the video, we're going to look at the the other part of this unseen world we've not looked at yet. And that's angels. There are allies, I guess you could say, in this fight against against evil. Now, there's a cherubim. There's a seraphim. They're different creatures than the angels. So we're going to talk about the angels this morning. Now, Billy Graham once said that he had never heard a sermon on angels. I, I can't say that I ever have. Maybe maybe you have. I've never preached a sermon on angels, so this is a first for me. But our, our culture, our, our culture at large, seems to have a fascination with angels. Whether a person believes or not, there's this fascination with angels. Um, you know, there was a philosopher named Morton Adler, and he spoke on the topic of angels at a gathering of intellectuals in Aspen, Colorado, not too long ago. And it was packed out. A lot of interest in this. Uh, just look at popular culture. You, you Google uh, books on angels and there's going to be some bestsellers pop up uh, on TV. The show Touched by an Angel, very popular for many years. Uh, the comedy Angels the Outfield, a loser team that's kind of helped by angels to win their, their games. Supernatural, a very popular show on CW. Two Kansas boys Uh, who travel around fighting demons and all sorts of things. There's angels, and not real biblical, but it's very popular. But if you want something a little more wholesome, uh, again, not terribly biblical, as regarding angels, is is, it's a wonderful life, where Clarence, this lovable kind of loser angel, finally gets his, his wings. So what does the scripture tell us about angels? Well, as we know from the video, and we know from the scriptures, angels are created beings. They're not eternal. They're not like God. They are created beings. Uh, And most of us in our culture, we have this wrong idea about how angels are created and where they come from. There's this idea that when a person dies, they're a pretty good person and they get their wings and their harp and a halo and they become an angel. That's not biblical. It's not in there at all. Uh, Angels are not the souls of people who die. Uh, Being an angel is not our next step in evolution of who we are as a person. Um, They're created beings. Colossians chapter one tells us, this for by him, Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. And and Nehemiah, Nehemiah 9, 6 says as much the same. You alone are the Lord. You have made the heavens, the heaven of heavens with all their hosts. So angels are created beings. They're not. Omnipresent like God. They can't be everywhere. They're limited to one space at a time. They are not, omnip- not, uh, not omniscient. They're not all-knowing like God. They are limited in their knowledge. And they're not omnipotent. They are not all-powerful like God. They're limited in their power. But they're very powerful. Angels are, are spiritual beings. They don't have a, a, a physical body. Although, often in Scripture, and sometimes in our world, angels will, will appear to us visibly like the angel that went to Mary and Joseph, or the angel that, um, that appeared to the women at Jesus' tomb, or the angels that appeared to the shepherds when Jesus was born, or the angels who helped rescue the apostles from prison. I particularly like uh, the idea of, of, of this from Hebrews 13. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. So angels are spiritual beings And they can appear to us visibly, and and they can do that in our world. Angels are are innumerable. There's an awful lot of them. Uh, We're told in um, Revelation 5, where Paul just read a little bit ago, John has this vision of heaven. And in it he sees sees Jesus, the lamb on the throne. And he he says this, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. That's a hundred million. That's a lot of angels. That's the population roughly of, of Mexico. Angels are also superior to human beings. Psalm 8 says this, What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and you crowned him with glory and honor. So this, this, the superiority to human beings is, is because of their power and their presence and closeness to God. But this is not going to be forever. According to First Corinthians 6, humans will one day take a place superior to angels. Uh, there's all sorts of different angels. I'll just talk about a couple different ones. Uh, there are the archangels, Michael for one, uh, Gabriel for another, uh, they are, there are guardian angels. We, I mean, that's something that's popular in culture. You'll see those little statuettes and things like that. But they're actually guardian angels, according to the scriptures. Uh, Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not all angels, ministering spirits, sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? And Jesus himself said this. He says, See that you do not look down on one of those little ones, children. For I tell you that their angels in heaven. Always see the face of my Father in heaven. So, if I understand it correctly, angels are involved in our d- lives on a daily basis. They're looking after us. They're protecting us. They're guiding us. Now, in the movie, Horton Hears a Who, maybe you've seen this. It's based on the Dr. Seuss book of the same name. Uh, there are two main characters. There's Horton, who is an elephant, a very sensitive elephant, very good, good sense of uh, he can really hear well. And then there's, there's this little tiny mayor of, of, of Whoville. And Whoville is on this tiny little speck on this, another little tiny speck on top of this little, little part of a flower. And, and Horton carries it around protecting it because he's the only one who can hear them. He's the only one who knows that there's a world outside what they can see. And on the other side, the same thing's happening for this mayor. He's trying to convince them that there's something beyond them, that there's a world that they can't see and experience uh, physically yet, um, and they won't believe him. You know, angels, in a sense, remind us of that spiritual reality, that there is a world beyond us, a world of good and of evil, a world that is very, very important, and a world that will last forever. Angels remind us of, of God's eternal purposes and priorities, and there are three of them we're going we're to hit upon real briefly. The first priority that angels reflect, that we can reflect, we can be angelic in a sense, is that of worship and praise. We are created for relationship with God, and we are created to worship our Creator, just as angels do. Uh, rarely does an angel appear when you see it in Scripture. Rarely do they show up in Scripture and without saying something about the, the power and the majesty and the glory and the, and, and the, and the, and the excellency of, of God, their Creator. Uh, when we worship, we are to be about that. We are to be speaking of God's glory, His power, His majesty, His goodness, His, His holiness we can we can be angelic in a sense when we follow that priority of the angels another priority is angels that we can reflect in our lives is, is that to serve angels are created to serve they they are they're they heavenly servants uh, they they serve god constantly they served christ when he walked this earth they serve people in the scriptures they serve people like you and me they are created to contribute and to serve and and so are we? The third priority of God that angels reflect is to speak of the Lord, to speak of the good news of the Lord. Um, angels don't say a whole lot in Scripture. I think they have a pretty big vocabulary, but they don't say a whole lot in Scripture. But when they do speak, they speak about what God is doing, about God, what God will do, about God's promises. So when they speak, they speak about what God is doing. And we have the same opportunity. Uh, we we can when we speak to our neighbors, our friends, our family, our coworkers, we can speak about what God is doing in our life, about His promises, and how they sustain us and help us. And we do so in a sense we're being a little bit angelic. And it's not surprising that in the word evangelism, angel is in the center of it. Now you might be thinking all this angel talk is interesting and everything, but it seems a little bit too out there. Um, a little bit too sci-fi, a little bit too fantastical. But outside of scriptures, there are many, many recorded incidents of, of where people have had encounters with angels and where they've had an experience that they cannot and will not deny. For example, uh, in, the ni- in 1956 in East Africa, there was a, a band called the, the Mau Mau's, uh, and they were roving around from village to village and, 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 and committing genocide. And they came to the village called Lorai. They surrounded and killed every man, woman, and child, 300 people in all. And three miles from this village called Lorai, there was the Rift Valley Academy, a a private boarding school uh, where the children of missionaries would be educated while their parents were elsewhere serving on the field. After they wiped everybody out at Lorai, the the, the Mau Mau's, they headed off with their, their spears, their clubs, their torches, their bows and arrows towards the school to do the same thing. And just as they were beginning to get close to school with lit torches, uh, shouting and cursing, uh, close enough to throw a spear, suddenly they stopped. And they began to retreat. And and they ran into the jungle. And by the time the army arrived, they had to search the jungle in order to capture the fleeing Mau Mau's. At the trial, the Mau Mau leader was asked by the judge, On this night, did you kill all the inhabitants of the village of Lori? He said, Yes. Was it your intent to do the same at the Rift Valley Academy? Yes. Well, then, why did you not complete the mission? Why didn't you attack the school? The leader who had never read the Bible, who had not heard the gospel, replied, we were on our way to attack and destroy all the people at the school. But as we came closer, all of a sudden, before us and between us and the school, there were many huge men and they were dressed in white, and they had flaming swords, and we were terrified, and so we fled into the jungle. The students at Rift Academy had no idea that they had been saved by angels that night, but they had. As Christians, we have spiritual allies in the battle against Satan, sin, and death. We are not alone. God has not left us defenseless. We have the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the armor of God. We have the support of brothers and sisters in Christ. We have prayer. And yes, we even have these spiritual allies, angels. God is faithful. God is good. And through Jesus Christ, he has won the victory for us. And because he has, because Jesus has won the victory, someday along with all other believers of every tongue, tribe, and nation, we will celebrate that victory in heaven with countless Angels, we will join the host of heaven. We will sing the praise of Jesus, the spotless lamb, the, the lamb who laid down his life for us on the cross, the lamb who has defeated Satan, sin and death through the empty tomb, who is worthy of all our praise, who is worthy of, of, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and, yes, praise. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that in the world in which we live, there is a physical dimension, there's a spiritual dimension, and Lord, we know that though our enemy is dangerous and wily and powerful, Lord, we do not need to be afraid. We know that we have received the victory through faith in Jesus Christ, because his victory is ours. We thank you, Lord, for your great and precious promises. We thank you for the gift of your Word and the spiritual armor which we can protect ourselves with. We thank you for brothers and sisters in Christ, for your Spirit which guides us and helps us and empowers us. And yes, Lord, we thank you for the gift of, of angels, Lord. We, we, for all we know, Lord, we've we've met some. For all we know, Lord, there have been times when our lives have been shaped or changed or protected or even saved, Father. So, Lord, we look forward to the day when in heaven, with all the heavenly hosts, which you created for your purposes, which seek to serve you and to worship you and to speak of your goodness. Someday, Lord, with countless people as well, we look forward to the day when we will sing your praise, for you are truly, truly worthy, Lord Jesus. We worship you and we love you. In your name, amen.